We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, different aisle has a question here. Let's see. It says, is Caleb Williams the best college football quarterback ever? Okay. So this is to trigger you. This is an attempt to trigger me. It's it's he's being funny because some college football Twitter handle yesterday was talking about how Caleb Williams is four and seven against top twenty five teams. And isn't going to make the playoff. And he's like, it's like sad that arguably the greatest quarterback ever won't play in a playoff game. And somebody today had a great response. Like, shouldn't the first part kind of make the second part not true? <laughs> right? Like, shouldn't the first part about four and seven and no playoff game kind of make the second part not true? Because too many people nowadays get too obsessed with talent sure. and equate that to being a great player. Caleb Williams is a great player. And somebody else was like, well, you've said he's Superman. I've said he does Superman things. Yes, that's there's a difference. Uh, and you've said he's a great player, and USC would suck without him. Yep, also yeah. both true. Well, that doesn't make him true. the greatest quarterback of all time, and it doesn't mean he's better than Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow or anybody else. You know, some of these arguments, like, you can't say it's stupid to call him the greatest ever because that equals he sucks. It's just, it's nonsense. The not everything is an absolute. Like, like that's exactly. the thing. It's not everything's it's an like, absolute. Caleb Williams is a great talent. He's a yeah. great quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's not the, he's not even the greatest ever to play at USC. Matt Leinart is. You know what it's I mean? True. It's just like, this is true. it's like, and, oh, he's a generational quarterback. We get a new generational quarterback every year. Two years ago, Bryce Young was a generational quarterback. Before that, right, it was Trevor Lawrence. Right. Before that, it was Joe Burrow. Before that, it was Jameis Winston. Before that, it was Cam Newton. Before that, it was Tim Tebow. Before that, it was it was Vince Young and Matt Lyman. We constantly get these generational. That kind of defeats the purpose. Do you all understand what generational means? Right? There needs to be more than a span of two years right. between it to be called generational. Like, we just use that it's term It's like once every so 20 loosely. years, give Yes, at least once it's a, a generation. At least. Yeah. You know? And and so it's like, guys, come on. It's like Marvin Harrison's a generational receiver. No, he's not. Based on what? 
Oh, he's talented. Oh, okay, but shouldn't production at some kind point in time come into this conversation? Why do we have to say Marvin Harrison? Why can't we just say he's a great player and probably yeah. the best receiver in college football right now? Why, really why good can't receiver. we just do that? Why do we got into this? He's a generational player. R- really? Right. Like, oh, okay, because I remember this cat from LSU a couple years ago that was pretty absurd. Matter of fact, I remember two cats from LSU a couple years ago, pretty absurd. Some I remember Alabama, Alabama having this kid. Yeah. Yeah, a couple, just a couple years ago that was pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, and and here's the thing about Marvin Harrison, who's a great player. Like his production isn't even the best that we've seen from an Ohio State receiver in recent years. You know, and he's a heck of a. I mean, get, again, don't get me wrong. Marvin Harrison is a heck of a player. Sure, but he averaged ninety-seven point two yards per game last year. Jackson Smith and Jigba the year before averaged over one hundred and twenty. You know, so it's like, can we just enjoy? the greatness of a player without always trying to turn him into like, do we need to debate whether he's better than Randy Moss or Calvin Johnson? A, he isn't and number B, but so what, who cares? Kids freaking fun to watch. Yeah. And other than the Notre Dame games, you know what else I love about, about, about Marvin Harrison? He tends to play his best games against the best teams on a schedule, Michigan, Penn state, Georgia, Give me the guy that only goes for two against uh, two catches for 18 yards against Indiana, but rips up Penn State any day of the week. You know what I mean? Because like when the lights are brightest, and Marvin played well against Ohio against Notre Dame. It's just Notre Dame's corners are really freaking good. And the windows would have required a CJ Stroud type of quarterback right. to hit him. And and they just didn't have that, you know. And and uh I just I get so tired of this 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 it's like we it's the clicks require that you have to throw these hyperbolic like one yes. guy's the greatest quarter he'd better than anybody in Notre Dame's had in 50 years whatever dude okay <laughs> fine all I know is he's 0-1 against Sam Hartman that's all I know you know what mm-hmm. I mean no he doesn't have players around him really really USC just a bunch of bums around Caleb Williams I was gonna really? say Utah's uh, got a better roster than USC really that's a you know pretty, I mean yeah. part of the deal is him he made mistakes yeah. in those games that cost his team Right. And so, you know, would, would Notre Dame be undefeated if Caleb Williams was the quarterback? Absolutely. He's a heck of a player. Yeah. Notre Dame to me would be a title contender with Caleb Williams. He's a great player. He's not even the best college quarterback in the last five years. And for people to say arguably the best ever, like, what are we doing here? And some guy was like, well, look at the numbers. And I'm like, his numbers don't even sniff what Joe Burrow did three years ago. Well, but, but his 42 touchdowns and five interceptions are so great. I'm like, Okay, that's what CJ Stroud went 44 and 6, 41 and 6. Justin Justin Fields went 41 and 3 just 4 years ago. 41 and 3. And Joe Burrow went 60 and 6. 60 touchdowns, 6 picks just 4 years ago. Yeah, but the type of throws he makes. So now we're saying his highlight reels better? Okay, cool. <laughs> Caleb Williams has the best highlight film of all time of a quarterback. Oh, okay, sure. Whatever. That doesn't make nothing. you great. And I'd it still say nothing. you never watched Michael Vick's highlight tape. That's what, that's my, that's my yeah. response. You never watched Lamar Jackson's highlight tape. Okay. So, but whatever. It's like he's a great player. USC would be a 500 team without him. If that. But he's not a generational player. And he's not the greatest quarterback of all time or even in the conversation. But he won a Heisman Trophy. So did Gino Toretta. Mm <laughs> hmm. There's a lot of quarterbacks that won the Heisman Trophy that, uh, (laughs) I mean, let's be be real here. So did Jason White. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, Jason White won a Heisman, Vince Young didn't. Do I need to say anything else? 
Right. Like, right. do I need to say anything else? Eric Crouch won a Heisman Trophy, but Brady Quinn never did. Do I need to say anything else? You know what I mean? Trevor Lawrence. How many Heisman Trophies did Trevor Lawrence have? How many two Heisman Trophies did CJ Stroud have? I don't care about Heismans. You know, like, okay, when you're... Well, it's cool. It's he cool. won a Heisman. It's a great honor. And he deserved to win yeah. the Heisman last Absolutely year. Absolutely he did. Flat out did. Because of, of the numbers and the team success and the fact that, you know, sure. the different things, he deserved to win it. So that doesn't mean he's the greatest quarterback of all time or the greatest ever or all this other stuff. And he has had, had one great year. And you right. also have to factor in a, a great quarterback has to elevate his team to a degree. But I also think that too many Notre Dame fans are also going the opposite direction of saying, well, look at his record against top 25 teams. Clearly he's overrated. He's a bum. He's going to be a bust. I'm like, okay, now you guys are going the opposite extreme. Right. Because if he played on Notre Dame's team with this defense and this offensive line, Notre Dame's eight. No. And we're all blowing the people out. He's the greatest blowing ever. And, people yes. Out. Yes. So, you know, and, and because the John Elway set a bunch of records at Stanford, never made a bowl, never played a bowl game. This is, and this was my thing with Pat Mahomes. I, I, I loved Pat Mahomes. You, I think you might remember some of these conversations we had about that draft. I loved Pat Mahomes. That was my quarterback in that draft class. Him and Deshaun Watson were my one and two. And then they drafted Mitch Trubisky. I'm like, yeah, but he, he played on a losing team. That's a, that's a team thing. You put Pat Mahomes at Oklahoma in 2015, and sorry, Baker, but you're on the bench. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just the reality of it. So, you know, there's just so – it's like we can't have honest conversation anymore. Exactly. That's And the then thing. you get these people, like, trying to say, well, you said this, so you said he's a plays like Superman, and you said he's USC wouldn't be as good. Yeah, so what Point. does that have to do with this conversation about is he the greatest right. ever? Exactly. And then me saying that I think Trevor Bur- – I said Trevor Lawrence, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and and Joe Burrow were, in the last five years were all better than him. And somebody took that as that means I'm saying Caleb Williams sucks. <laughs> Let's be, can we be adults, please? Hmm. But I just – it's this is what sports media has turned into. It's like everything is hyperbolic. And everything is absolute. Is, should we fire everyone? Right. You know, like a week ago, Penn State media is like, James Franklin's this – it's wonderful, beautiful. Now it's, you know – Who's going to be the next coach at Penn State? It's like, guys, can we can we just stop? Right. Right. Can we just analyze a loss is a loss? This is what it means. And then without saying, who do you fire today? Right. Like, could you imagine if the if all of us, Vince, if every, you know, if you wrote an article or did a podcast and the numbers were down? Sorry, Vince, you had one show that wasn't good. Gone. Sorry, you got like, if people like in the chat, if you guys, if your jobs, if you guys had a bad day at your job and all of a sudden just meant sorry, you got to go. Like right. that's not a world that we want to live in. I don't like, and we're, not, yeah. and we're not talking about like coming in and doing something really bad that would get you right. fired. We're just saying right. like, you had an off day. Right. Like you're a security job, you know, you're, you work in a prison and you forgot to, sh- you know, lock the door, <laughs> forgot to lock it up. And you when you leave, like, yeah, you deserve to be fired. That's, you know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> you know? Wait, what did I forget to do? <laughs> no, I'm forgetting uh, something. What are all God. those sirens going on? I don't <laughs> That's great. Yeah, there are some things, but that's a great example. You know, it's like All right. Caleb Williams is a great player, great player, fun to yeah. watch. Yeah, he's got to grow up a lot. He needs yep. to stop letting his handlers put all this dumb crap out in the media. Like, dude, the week you lose to Notre Dame and your people coming out saying you want part ownership, how about yeah? How about you not get owned by Utah? Then we can talk yeah. about you owning an NFL team, which a is illegal. Seriously. They've already done that with Aaron Rodgers. It's like so his handlers aren't doing him any favors. 
right. by putting that stuff out there. So his like his handlers, his dad, his agent, they need to shut their pie holes and just mm-hmm. let this kid play football. Emmanuel Acho needs to shut his freaking mouth about. Oh my god! Just get out the rest of the year. So let this bad. Kid go play football. Let this. Can we just so back bad. off him and just let him go play football? And so we can just all sit and enjoy. This kid's yeah. really talented. But yeah, the stuff with his nails, the things he says. You know, these size 12 and a lot of people in these size 12, like, bro, you're now starting to sound like a kind of a douche and you're making it a lot harder for me to defend you. You know, he needs better people around him. Right. Having said that, that doesn't mean that he's not a great quarterback. Having said that, it doesn't mean that he's, he's a generation best, of all, time. best of all time. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. we're adults here. We need to be able to have adult conversations. And I just feel like we're kind of losing that a little bit. In mm-hmm. some, and maybe I think it might actually be a social media thing because I feel like the conversations that we have in this chat are so much more adult usually than the ones that you see on like social media. It is board. I think it's a social media thing. Well, and it's also something really stupid. It's also a societal thing. Everything has to be black and white. I mean, politics, or, you know, to one social, extreme or the other. Yes, right. It has to be one of the. You can't. God forbid you you agree with multiple people. Or I just think this, I'm a right leaning person. I just think this guy on the left has bad ideas. Yeah. It's okay. As opposed to, I think this guy is the antichrist. Right. And he needs to be this and we got to destroy him. Like, really? Right. Can't we just have a discussion of ideas and we just agree to disagree? Yeah. And, or, or I implement mine in my community. You implement yours and yours and we'll see how it shakes out. Right. But no, because not everything is the same for Every yeah, you're a Nazi, place. you're a this, you're a that. Yeah, it's like, God, right. it's, what are we doing here? Right. It, it's, like, it's a societal problem yeah. right now. I know yeah, that's getting is. deep, but it just is. Well, I, I do think social media plays a role in that. Oh, my because gosh. You yes. got to say the most outlandish things because people want, how many followers do you have? I have sure. no idea. Like, I don't care. I, You know, how many clicks did this thing get? Okay. I don't care. Did Was it a good point or not? Right. Like how many people liked it? Was it a good point or not? I mean, I've seen right. people put things that are just flat out false and they'll get tens of thousands of, cl- of likes. Oh, okay. Do you feel better now? Cause what you said was absolutely <laughs> moronic. Right. You know what I mean? But Hey, lots of people clicked on it. It's like, there's this, there's this thing we have where it's like, I just, I got to get this attention. I need the social media attention. So I'll say whatever outlandish thing I can say, I'll clout chase this person to, you know, whatever. And it's just like, I fall for it sometimes where I'll just sure. like, I should have known this guy was a troll from the beginning <laughs> right. and just not engaged it. And I've fallen, you know, especially with like fans of opposing teams. You're just like, dude, why, why, why respond? That guy's a moron who can't spell like, like, I mean, you're not wrong. It's just, yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, that's our rant for the, for the day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Domer Grizz, if Faison doesn't play in any games next year, could he go back on lacrosse scholarship? In other words, is the football scholarship only required for academic years he plays in a football game? I honestly don't know the answer to this, Vince. I don't either. I know scholarships are one-year deals, right? So, Although Notre Dame does honor all four years, but you are correct. They are technically one year. Technicality-wise, I mean – and I don't know, honestly, I don't know why they would flip him back and forth. Because like, he's going to play. He's going to play. I mean, That's exactly yeah. right. Like, I don't – I think he's on a football scholarship now. It is what it is. Like, that's where they are. And honestly, yes, now football is his top priority, which I which I totally get. But was do we know for a fact that he was on a full lacrosse scholarship? Because they only have well, I don't X think amount. so. I don't, I don't know that so they give out full scholarships. I mean, right, he, because they only yeah. have – it's like baseball. They can only, only give – a scholarship only counts as so much. It's not like a right. full ride. Right. Like like you said, baseball, so, you're on scholarship at Notre Dame for baseball. You're not, not on your full whole, scholarship, that's right. for sure. It's not legal, yeah. correct? I don't think it's a, even allowed, I, is I it? I think that you can, can, give you can only a, give up. You can only give up a certain amount. Yeah, it's like It's a small number that you can give out. Um lacrosse scholarship so, limits okay yeah. so i know that it is a number for scholarship because baseball is like a i can't remember what the number is i used to have these numbers memorized um like but 12, I, 11 I, or 12 something yeah like that. but it's and it's like point something like yeah. it's it, you know what i mean um but anyway it, it is you can give out a full scholarship but why would you i guess is right is the issue, right? Um, because they, they only have so many. And if you give out a full one to somebody, that is a massive percentage on what you would give out. And so th- they're just not going to, they're just not going to do that. Um, yeah. So anyway, that that's the biggest issue uh, with this. And I don't think he had a full one. Maybe I'm wrong. It's definitely a possibility, but here we go. Division one NCAA, they get 12.6 scholarships um you know total that's for the whole and the average it says right here the average team size is 44 so you got 44 kids on your roster this is for lacrosse this is for lacrosse so they got 44 kids on a roster 12.6 scholarships it's very doubtful that they're giving out full scholarships because yeah 12.6 to go around you know what i mean so i think it benefits everybody that he's on a full football scholarship because you can't give out partials for football it's all or nothing so Um, I think it works out better for everybody. The only difference is, and I actually talked to one of the lacrosse coaches in the summertime about Faison, is that now football is his first priority as right. opposed to lacrosse. So before, lacrosse was the priority, and he did football on the side. 
that has changed now because now he's a scholarship football player. So like spring practice and some things like that. So you're going to have some, some conflicts. So they didn't like that, but it frees up the scholarship Mm -hmm. for lacrosse now that they can give out to somebody else. So, um, so yeah, that's, and I don't think that they would flip back and forth. I think he's football only for the duration. So that's a good question though, because it's complicated. There was a debate going on in the chat who you take Matt Leinart over Carson Palmer. It's Matt Leinart. Clearly, that's who I would. My, that's my, my issue with Carson Palmer is yes, I know he won the Heisman, but but my issue with Carson Palmer is he had sort of like one year where he was really good. There were some other years he wasn't as good. I mean, if you look at Carson Palmer, he won the Heisman in 02. He threw 33 touchdowns and 10, 10 picks. He threw for 3,900 yards that year. The previous two years, he threw 29 touchdowns combined and 30 picks combined. So like yeah he was a, he was a great that one year that they won the Heisman trophy that he won the Heisman trophy but then you look at Matt Leinard and his three years of starter he went 38 and 9 33 and 6 28 and 8 touchdowns interceptions threw for at least 3300 yards every year had between 8.1 to 8.9 yards per attempt every season Carson's best was 8.1 so it's kind of like yeah, Carson Palmer had a great season. Matt Leinart had a great career. And to me, being yeah. a great – being a, an all – like Cam Newton had one of the best single seasons ever. He's a quarterback for one year. He's not in my top ten of greatest quarterbacks ever. Right. He did oh, it for yeah, one absolutely. Year. Yep. And, and it's like Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders had one of the best – he had the best single season in college football history. Is he the greatest running back in college football history? No, because other guys did it for three years. Four mm-hmm. years. Herschel Walker dominated for three years. Barry Sanders dominated for one. That has to matter at some point in time. Now, Barry Sanders, could you can make a case because his one season was so incredibly rare and special, and he did some other things before. But, like, you know, with Carson Palmer, he had one great year. Matt Leinart had three great years. And I'm not talking about the team success. I'm just about his individual success. So that's why Matt Leinart is the guy that I would go with in that conversation. So, and again, I'm not talking about team success because Carson Palmer did not play on the same team. Carson Palmer's numbers would have looked a lot different if his three seasons sure. were during that really great stretch. With the he Matt Leiter. Yeah. off. Sure. Most of his career, he didn't even have peak. I mean, that that team wasn't that great. Like, what, what year did Pete Carroll take over? It's 2001, right? That he took right. over, like 2000, 2001, something like that. Let me go look it up here real quick. Because I know his first year was against Bob Davey, and they lost. And then they obviously went and rolled after that. But his first mm. year was, yes, let's did. see here, USC was 2001. Well, Carson Palmer's was spent means that means Carson Palmer spent two years with Pete Carroll, three years without Pete Carroll. That's different than Matt Leinard, whose whole career was with Pete Carroll. So I mean, you got to that's true. You got to take that into account. Yeah. But still, that's that that's it, it, the results were what they were. Right. You could say now maybe Carson Palmer would have been even better than Matt Leinart had he played in that era? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know that because he didn't. You know, and and even his Heisman year, which as good as it was, was still not as good as any of the three years I thought Matt Leinart had at USC. That's just my opinion. So I'd, I'd go with uh, I'd go with him. I'd go with Matt Leinart on that one for that, me. That was my inclination. I just... I felt like Notre Dame played better against Carson Palmer than they did against Matt Leinart overall, you know, and that's when I saw him in person. And yes, Matt Leinart had more weapons around him. I get that. I just feel like Matt Leinart was a better college quarterback 
than Carson Palmer was. Yeah. Now Carson Palmer was yeah. a better pro. Way better. Way better. I mean, so yeah. I mean, so is it Matt Leinart over Carson Palmer talking college? I take Matt Leinart. If we're talking the pros, then I'll take Carson. Yeah. That's you know. Yeah. So as far and when and when we say best ever, I'm talking about of what I've seen. Um, with yeah. all due respect to Rodney Pete, he's not he's not Matt Leinart. He's just just not. He played on some very good teams, but he wasn't he wasn't that. Hulk strongest. How fast is McPherson? Was impressed he ran down USC's fastest guy. Yeah, I mean, kind of ran him down. He didn't quite have a. I mean, it's like he it caught wasn't like him a foot race, but he yeah. had, took a great angle. Yeah, and he was and he ran I mean, really he, fast. Yeah, yeah, he for, did. Yeah. He did. He totally did. How fast is he? Fast enough. I mean, he's faster than your average punter. Let's just put it that yes, way. Yes, there's uh, no doubt. He's a very athletic kid. Yes, faster than your average, um, you know, kicker slash punter because watching the kicker try to chase down uh price on his kick return mm-hmm. that kid it would look ridiculous uh in comparison he was flat like his arms were flat like he looked ridiculous trying to catch up to price whereas mcpherson actually looked like an athlete tracking down you know an athlete right and it was enough that somebody on the board thought that it was an actual you know position player which i thought was funny yeah, it was really adamant about that and like yes, he was, was really upset that people weren't saying i'm like bro <laughs> you're gonna want to chill out with how fired up you are right now by this one because it i thought was that was funny yeah i thought it was really it was funny, definitely bryce honest. mcpherson for sure yes it was for sure there's no doubt about it yeah no doubt <laughs> josh buffalo the motivational business banker how long should jeff franklin to prove he's a great recruiter but a bad big time coach our big game coach, excuse me, PSA, PSU must may just need to move on. In my opinion, uh, see that's where I just don't I don't agree with that. I mean, I think James Franklin is is is, is overrated as a coach, and they had that rough two year stretch around the two COVID years. But this is also a guy that's won eleven games in two of the previous four years and four years total, and and this year they're going to win ten games. Right. They're probably going to go 10 and 2, 11 and 1 this year. I still think they have a shot to beat Michigan if they can, you know, figure the offense out a little bit. But I mean, look, why why should Penn State be a team that thinks that if they should win titles or they fire the coach? I mean, they won like two titles in the 80s and that's it. I mean, this is not a program that, in my opinion, should be thinking that they are um, this wonderful program that that just is steeped right. in you know football it's not notre dame right and and no there there may come a time for that but that time is like with brian kelly it's when you no longer think that that coach is giving you everything he's got that's why right. it was time to move on from brian kelly yeah their claimed national titles are in 1982 and 1986 that's they have only five unclaimed national titles so yeah, Penn State's a, a great program, but this is not. This is a program that's that's reputation is built on sustainability and consistency. And as long as he's doing that, I, I mean, again, you got to be real careful firing a guy that's recruiting really well and winning ten yeah. games almost every year because yeah. you may you may replace him with somebody that you uh, regret. Yeah, you better you better have a real that. solid replacement in mind if that's your plan. You know what I mean? Like, it's that whole like quitting a job before you have one like you better know exactly who you're gonna get that is a clear you know better choice before you yeah, you want to fire move. clay helton because you know you're gonna get lincoln riley okay cool make that move right 
because he's a right. better coach. And I'm and this right. is come from someone who thinks he's very overrated, but he's way better than Clay Hilton. Although he's doing a nice job at Georgia Southern, by the way. Is that where he's at? Clay okay. Hilton is, yeah. That, but that's more his level. Some coaches are just like, like I think Dave Clawson is a heck of a football coach. I do. But he's he's right but where he needs to be. He's exactly right. He's at the yeah. level he needs to be at. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Georgia Southern's five and two this year, and they had a very they had a they lost to George they lost to James Madison and Wisconsin. That's who they've lost to. They beat the Citadel, beat UAB, Ball State, beat Coastal Carolina by ten. And this past weekend, they beat Louisiana Monroe. So he's doing a nice job there. Yeah. You know who Louisiana bad. Monroe's head coach is? No, gonna, you're, you're you're not gonna have any clue. But when I say it, you're gonna be like, "What? That guy's still coaching?" It's Terry Bowden. Really? Yeah, not not the one that was at Clemson. That's Tommy, the one that was at Auburn. Yeah, Terry Bowden's their head coach. Yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, and here's another f- crazy fact: he's five years younger than Pete Carroll. I would not have guessed that. Huh. I would not have guessed that. No, so, I wouldn't either. No. Buellsville Financial Services, Inc. Brian, thank you for bowl projections. I noticed none are predicting New Year's Six bowl games. If we go 10-2, and two, what else needs to happen for New Year's Six bowl game? Nothing, in my opinion. I mean, so I just agree. so people understand where these bowl projections come from, they are projecting where things stand. Yeah. Now, some of them will kind of project the playoff and, you know, that kind of thing a little bit. But for the most part, Notre Dame should not be projected to New Year's Six if you're looking at where things stand today. Because today, Notre Dame is a number 14 team and and they wouldn't get an automatic. They wouldn't, the committee wouldn't put them in. If Notre Dame ranks 14th, they're not going to get in. Right. So they are not looking ahead to four weeks from now and seeing where Notre Dame is. JP, just so we understand what they're doing, most don't. Like I talked to Bill Bender at Sporting News. He did one. They always react to the current. That's why they do them every week. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Now with what happened this weekend, here's where we're projecting things. So gotcha. uh, that's why it is what it is. Um, but if Notre Dame goes 10 and two, I'd be shocked. Oh, me too. They're not in the New Year's six. Game. There's a couple reasons. Number one, it's Notre Dame eyeballs, that whole thing. And they'll be in the top 10. <clears throat> Excuse right. me. The committee, the committee is when you're talking about new Year's six, not the top four, but when you're talking to well, a little bit to the top four, but more so for the new Year's six version, they're all about who's going to be watching and all of that. Yes, you have to qualify. You have to do all of those things. What I mean, they're matchup driven. That that's part of it. You know, it's who's going to be watching. Like that all goes into it because they don't matter. It's all about how much money you can make. Now, here's the other part. There are more at-large bids this year than in other years because of which um which bowl games are the final four games, right? The semifinals. And so that even gives Notre Dame more of an opportunity. Remember last year we were talking about, and there's only like two, two chances, really one chance for Notre Dame to get into a new year six. And it was to play against Tulane. Like that was like one of the only at large spots that Notre Dame Mm -hmm. could have gotten. And then they lost to USC and it didn't matter, but like that was the only spot, right? There's more availability this year for spots for Notre Dame. And if they win out, they're going to be a top 10 team. They're going to get selected to the New Year's Six. I just don't. I think so, yeah. I have a hard time seeing an avenue where that doesn't happen. Especially with they're already at 14. Now, again, I don't know where they're going to be in the playoff ranking next week, but I would imagine they're going to be 14 or higher. Sure. It's not a you have to take this team. There's going to be some 
you know, again, teams are going to beat each other and the, and they can mess with the rankings however they want. You know, oh, if, yeah. if Notre Dame wins and some, you know, and we've seen that they can before. drop it. Yeah, like exactly. They, they finagle the rankings to get the matchups that they want. And especially five through like 12, like they, they will finagle those to get right. what they want. I'm right. just saying like it, it will happen. So, and Notre Dame will be on the positive end of that. And there's going to keep being and more and more chaos. I mean, like right now, Washington yeah, of course. and Oregon are, are both ranked higher than Notre Dame. If one they both lose. went out, one of them is going to have to lose again. Yeah. I mean, because they're going to play each other in the Pac-12 title. But they, as we've talked about before, they both have tough games still coming up. Washington sure. has to play at USC. They've got to play Utah. they got to play at Oregon State. And then they got to play in the Apple Cup. Right. Those are all tough games. And this is a team that just barely beat Arizona State at home. You know, I mean, Oregon's got to play at Utah this weekend. They got to play USC at home at Arizona State, which should be winning. They got to play the Civil War against Oregon State. So, I mean, right. And then if they both happen to run the table, they got to play in a rematch. Right. So it's it's all going to it's all going to shake itself out, in my opinion. That's all. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan and Penn State are all ranked ahead of Notre Dame right now. Yep. There's a chance one of those teams is going to definitely fall behind Notre Dame. You know, if Penn State goes out and loses to Michigan, they're definitely going to fall behind Notre Dame. 100%. They should. I have them behind Notre Dame right now in my rankings because, again, who they beat. Their resume is built on what? They only lost Ohio State by eight in a game they scored in the last minute to make it that, right? Right. What's their What's their resume built on after that? A win over West Virginia? Right. Is that, that what they're hanging their resume on right now? I mean, the best team they've played, actually, the best team they've beat so far is actually Delaware. That's the best team they've played so far, an FCS team who's six and one. So, I mean, when your resume is built around we beat a good FCS team, you're, you don't have a very good resume. Right. And and so if they lose again, they're going to fall. Now, they could beat Michigan. I mean, who knows? We'll see how that goes. I'm very curious if, if, if Michigan loses to Penn State in a couple weeks. I think it's like three weeks. Let me go look and see when that game is played. Michigan and Penn State, they play – November 11th. So we're now, we're three weeks away from that. So Penn State's off this week. Then they, two games, they play Penn, then play, or Michigan is off this week. And then they, they have two weeks before they play Penn State. If they lose to Penn State, I'm very curious to see what, how the committee handles their ranking mm-hmm. because then their resume looks really bad. You've played one good team and they beat you. Like, because to me, if, if it's up to me, and this isn't just my anti Michigan bias. If Michigan doesn't go undefeated, they don't deserve to be in the college football playoff. Oh, absolutely. With their schedule? And, and unless there's like a lot, you know, like if it's Chaos. them or a, if it's them or 12 and 1 North Carolina who has a, a loss to Virginia, maybe, but then North Carolina would have a win over Florida State. Because that would be the ACC right. championship. But if Ohio State's, if Michigan's got one loss, that means they beat one of Penn State or Ohio State. So, okay, then maybe if it's over like a North Carolina, but it's like, but then don't you give the nod to the Big Ten champion? Whoever that is? If it if it would be Michigan. But again, I, I don't think so. For me, no. Michigan has to go undefeated to get in. Because they're gonna, they're gonna, if they if they lose a game, they will have beaten Ohio State or Penn State. And then what's their next best win? Beating Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game? A Wisconsin team that lost to like the number six team in the Pac 12 convincingly, right? I mean. I'll take honestly if LSU wins out. Seriously, if LSU wins out and Michigan loses to Penn State or Ohio State, I will sit here and tell you right now, right now, 
that LSU has a better resume and is more deserving of a playoff berth than Michigan at, with two losses, flat out. Because they will. They'll have beaten Bama. They'll have beaten Ole Miss. I mean, not not not. they will beat Missouri on the road. Those are all better wins than what Ohio – I would argue if Michigan beats Ohio State head-to-head, the only advantage they would have is the head-to-head. I mean, overall resume is not close if they have, if they lose to Penn State. So it's just the whole thing is just it's a joke. Now, they'll probably get in, Vince, with a loss, probably. But I don't – the only way that I think well, you could justify it is funny. Here's the funny thing, Vince. The only way I think you could justify Michigan getting in with a loss is if they lose the Big Ten title game. Because they'd have a win over Penn State and Ohio State. Right. Like, that would give them a better resume than losing to Ohio State and beating Wisconsin. Think about that. That's how we bad know their, their schedule is so far. What What is the uh, the tiebreaker? For the Big Ten? Um, the Big Ten. So, like, if they all I don't know. If other. you ask a Big Ten fan, they'll tell you they will maneuver it to whatever helps Ohio State. That's <laughs> what they all tell me. <laughs> I don't know what the tiebreakers are. Because you're thinking of a potential three-way tie? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if, big, yeah, if, if Michigan, for example, loses to Penn State and then beats Ohio State. Right. Um, everybody's got one loss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there we go. Well, I don't know if they're going to have the right answer here, but the record. So here, here's what it says. Um, uh, it says tiebreakers. Number one, the records of the three or more teams tied teams will be compared based on winning percentage and games between the tied teams. So that wouldn't work. Um, number two is the records of the three teams tied will be compared based on winning percentage within their division. Then the next one is the record of the, and they just keep going down until somebody has a, an advantage. The record of the three teams, and this is this, you know, I think the first two would kind of negate each other, I believe. The record of the three or more teams will be compared against the next highest placed teams in their division in order of finish. Wow. So, so then you'd like maybe Michigan would have a win over Wisconsin, so would Ohio State. Um, the records of the three teams will be compared based on winning percentage against all common conference opponents. I mean, that's a lot of the same stuff. The uh, the records of the three teams will be compared based on uh, best cumulative conference winning percentage of non-divisional opponents. They'll all be undefeated against the West. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, it's just – And then and it, seven they, is the team with the best overall winning percentage, including exempted games, shall be representative, and then the representative will be chosen by random draw. I mean, I and here's the thing. Almost all of draw. those in this case are going to be exactly the same until the random draw. Yeah, I mean, be darn that, close to that. That's what yeah. I was just thinking too. Like, if they were smart, they'd say one of the tiebreakers after the head-to-head stuff would be who's ranked highest by the college football playoff committee is who's right. going to represent. I mean, because that's going to give you your best chance to get a team in the college football playoff. Sure, hey, you know our our whatever numbers may have Ohio State ahead of Michigan, but Ohio State's ranked number nine and Michigan's ranked number three. We need to give Michigan a shot to go in there and win the Big Ten championship, sure. as opposed or or if it's the other way around. Right, right, right. But uh, at the end of the day, that's what you want as the Big Ten is you want a Big Ten representative to win the national championship or at least to be in there. So, yeah, it'll be interesting if that happens, if they all knock each other off. I think that'll be some riveting information, frankly. Josh Buffo, what's up? Hypothetical chance if Lincoln Riley leaves for the NFL, Caleb Williams' dad doesn't like the top two NFL teams picking. Is there a chance that Caleb not only stays in college football but transfers? If yes, where? That's a lot of hypotheticals, man. He'd have to. He here's the thing, though. He'd have to get a waiver. Really? To because he's already transferred once. So you can't. I thought you said to 
like with uh, Tyler Buckner, for example, you can enter the portal. Tyler Buckner will have probably graduated by that point. In time. Oh, I don't know transfer. that Caleb. I don't know that Caleb Williams will have graduated. It'll only be after his third year in two different schools. The chances are pretty slim of with him transfer of credits and all that stuff. Now, knowing the NCAA, his dad will make some complaint about why it's oh, unfair, sure. and then they'll probably give him a waiver and all that kind of stuff, which is just stupid. But he'd have to pass away. Look, guys, I just don't see a scenario in which, um, if yes, where? I mean, whoever's going to give him a chance to make the most money. I mean, that's, money, money, that's money. the whole. No, and, and I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. Like that's the right. only reason not to go to the NFL is because yeah, you yeah. don't like it. But you're but if but the NIL wasn't the thing, he's not. This isn't even a conversation. You're still going go to go. Correct. I don't like the team I'm playing for, but I'm either going to make no money or lots of money. Right. Yeah. Where would he transfer to? Ohio State, I mean, some team that throws the ball a lot, Alabama. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, that's Georgia, something like that. It's most likely where I think he would go, somewhere like that, where he can win. Yeah, and because he want because why do you come so like like you know look at it this way why do why do you come back? Money, make money, right? You know, not happy with who's going to have the first choice in the NFL draft. Okay, well, guess what? There's probably going to be similar teams at the top of the draft next year, but whatever. So, you know, it's all leverage for negotiations. That's a a terrible reason, in my opinion, but whatever. And then chance to win a national championship, because what have you not accomplished in college? Okay, second Heisman, that would be a legit thing, And he'll want to play on a team that's going to have give him a better supporting cast up front and on defense. Exactly. I mean, that's the reality of it. And here's the thing, too. Notre Dame fans can say all they want that I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want him until he says I'm coming. It's easy to say that because you know he's not going to come to Notre Dame. Exactly. But the minute he says I'm coming to Notre Dame, it's like, we knew. Yeah, you know, the greatest oh, ever. And, yeah, yes, yeah. we love you. Yep, uh-huh. yep. He get he'd get fingernail endorsement money and all kinds of other stuff. You know, it'd be yeah. great. Anthony Solomon, is it possible for a live game show for Stanford or the bowl game? We've already talked about maybe doing one for Stanford. We might do that, Vince. I know you and I are both available. I believe for that for sure. So we may do that one for that. Not the bowl game. I'll I'll be at the bowl game. So yeah, we won't do one for that. Vince might be at the bowl game too. We'll see. We'll see. It's over my birthday. Happy birthday to me. All right. Um, Irish burnt ends 84. What current teams would be a tough matchup for Notre Dame, even when playing at their best on both sides of the ball? I mean, the top teams, Georgia. Yeah. Um, Ohio State. I mean, even if Notre Dame's playing at their best, Ohio State's still a tough matchup. Do I think Notre Dame would win? Yeah, I do. Do, do it's still a tough matchup washington because sure. how good they're off and they can score yeah that'd be a great match michigan offense versus the yeah. defense i mean yeah. michigan's a very good team i'm not saying they're not it's just they have no resume i would we still love to see notre dame's ball. defense against michigan's offense 100%. oh i would love that's to still see a that. team that that to me is good enough in the trenches yeah. to where they can yeah. match up well with notre dame for sure um that's the only one i mean lsu because they can score you know, but so could USC and so could Ohio State, and and they didn't score a ton on Notre Dame either. But Jaden Daniels is a different kind of quarterback than those other two teams. He's a much more dynamic runner that presents some problems than those other guys. So, but LSU to a degree on offense, I just think if Notre Dame's offense is playing to its ability, I don't think LSU can stop them either. I think that I have a better faith that Notre Dame can stop LSU enough than I do that. LSU could stop Notre Dame if Notre Dame's playing their best on both sides of the ball. I mean, it's and, it's not a long list. Penn State yeah. does not match well with Notre Dame if they're if Notre Dame's playing their game. They don't. 
Right. They will not. They could not score on Notre Dame. They couldn't. Because I think Notre Dame has a better defense than Ohio State. I know some Ohio State people won't like that, and and I've already said I think Ohio State has a great defense. I just think Notre Dame's is better mm-hmm. because I think Notre Dame slowed down a better Ohio State offense than what Notre Dame has right now. You know, I mean, if Notre Dame had Marvin Harrison, that game's not close. It's not close. So, could you imagine Sam Hartman throwing a Marvin Harrison? <sighs> Be nice. Yep. I mean, every every team in the country would say, "Wouldn't it be nice to have Marvin?" Yes, Harrison? right. Ma, Ma, Maserati Marv, and hopefully right. in a couple of years, that's a Cam Williams or a Great House or somebody like sure. that doing. That, oh yeah, you, know, you hope absolutely. Joe Alt Delete. What are your thoughts on James Franklin's post game comments after the Ohio State game? I believe those comments were I just watched two of the best teams in college football. Yeah, that's Something the only comments that I heard him make. I don't know any yeah. other of his comments, and and uh, he should say that. He's got a he, his job is to do what's best for Penn State. Yep. Not to give honest analysis of the makeup of college football. It's right. no different than Urban Meyer after Florida lost a game or to go out there politicking to where my team should be ranked or Nick Saban doing that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I have no problem with it, but he's not right. He may actually believe that. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he right. actually believes that. He's That's incorrect. Great. Penn State's not one of the best teams in college football. They're a good football team. Right. But they're they're not one of the best teams in college football as far as like top five type of team. They're not even top 10 team to me. Yeah. But neither's Notre Dame right now. So this isn't, you know, I mean, Notre Dame, I have ranked 11th in my top 25. They're not either. But no, I watch Washington and Georgia and Bama and Ohio State and Florida State and Michigan and all those teams that Penn State's not right now in the league with those teams they're just not nd estimate trucking llc did notre dame practice back shoulder throws this past offseason and if so were they not successful and why do you think they have not tried any this season don't know i have no idea why they haven't tried i don't know if they tried any off we didn't see them do a whole lot of that in fall camp outside of the red zone which is a tougher Mm-hmm. A tougher play to make, so I, 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 I haven't seen him do it a whole lot. I, I mean, I think Jaden Thomas is probably the best at it, and he's been out. I think that might be part of it. I don't know. I'm trying to. He might be best at it. I think Tobias Weather still there. Like, if you throw it correctly, Tobias is because he's so long. Yeah. And like the one, the only time that we saw him like lose that was the one Morrison knocked out. But again, that's one because Tobias decided to bring it down. That was a technique problem. But Morrison had no chance to stop that ball from being caught because of how yeah. tall and long Tobias is. If Tobias just catches it and leaves it up there like a veteran receiver would, it's a touchdown. Sure. It's part of the learning process. But none right. of them are great at it. But it's the open field back shoulders that should be good. And that's where you'd expect the Jaden Thomas to your point to be better at that. Cause he's a veteran and right. The bias <clears throat> to be better at that. Cause it's not the same. I got to be strong type of thing. I mean, some of these are back shoulders are like, it should, it should be easier. That's why I say, if you're doing a back shoulder correctly, calling it correctly, throwing it at the right time and running the route correctly, it's not a 50 50. It should be an advantage. Also, right. In my yeah. opinion. Broke neck boy. How do you guys feel about the college football last week, especially with teams like Penn State and USC? It was a wild week. I mean, this is kind of what we expect to happen. You know, I mean, it's, it's, this is, 
this is the chaos we've expected all year, Vince. It's just the schedules mm-hmm. have been so weak. But this goes back to what I said last week. What was my comment last week? It's going to be interesting to see what happens the next five, six weeks because Notre Dame is coming out of their tough stretch and everybody else in college football is going into their tough stretch. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. And so we don't know how things are going to shake out. We don't know how many teams are going to have their Louisville moment, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know the answer to that. It may not be as many. It may not be any, you know, but North Carolina just lost to Virginia. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? So we're going to see things like that. And USC is out. Right. And so, yeah. Now Notre Dame has to keep handling business, but I mean, this is what we expected the season to be. And I don't think it's over yet. I think we're going to see a lot more chaos moving forward. It's just, there may be four or five teams that just stay above the fray and all the chaos happens below, you know, and that's, that's what we'll have to see. And that's what you want. I mean, you know, there's like a 1% chance that Notre Dame has an opportunity at the college football playoffs. So you want as much chaos as you could possibly get. And again, I think the the safe bet for Notre Dame is is still New Year's Six, and that's fine. Where they're at right now, they just have to take care of their own business. They have to. That I mean, that's obviously key to this whole thing is they have to take yep. care of their own business. Yep. Vanilla Chill. Bruce Feldman said that Harrison Jr. should be in the Heisman talk after his game against the Penn State defense. In my opinion. Uh, Benjamin Morrison's performance versus him and Benjamin Morris in general nationally gets overlooked. Agree or not? Well, let's talk about the first part of it, about whether or not Marvin Harrison should be in the Heisman conversation. I would say probably no, not yet. He's He's in that outside looking in type of category for me right now, just because, yes, he played very well against Penn State, but he also got dominated against Notre Dame. So he's one of two. Having In said that, yeah. right. Having said that, if he goes out and does well against Wisconsin this week, like he's in the conversation. If he goes out and does, you know, well against Wisconsin this week and then goes up and rips up Michigan the way he did last year, you know, he had uh seven for 120 in a touchdown against Michigan last year, then yeah, he should be in that conversation. Like right now, I'm not really engaged in, we're halfway through the season basically. Right. And, and for what the Heisman Trophy should be, He's in my top 10. Like right now, there's about 10 guys that I'm considering on a week-to-week basis. He'd be in that. Yeah, he'd be in that because he's talented and he did have the big game against a, in a big-time moment and 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 all that. And he's put up – the numbers are pretty good. Right now, if you'd ask me who who should be the head leader in the, in the clubhouse for the Heisman Trophy, for me, it's Jaden Daniels at LSU. I mean, he's been phenomenal. And if you take him off that football team, they've lost a couple more games. But the reason Jaden Daniels isn't getting talked about is because his team's not great, or you know at least you know they they're they're not they're in not, the Heisman Trophy conversation. Right. Or the, yeah, the national championship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but Jaden Thomas has been brilliant this year, Vince. I mean, he's averaging 321 passing yards a game, right? He only trails Shador Sanders and Michael Penix in that regard. Shador has 21 touchdowns and three picks. Shador Sanders is throwing about 24 more yards per game. He's got 80 more attempts this season than Jaden Daniels, and he's played fewer games. You know, Jaden Daniels is, 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 is completing 73% of his passes. He's number one in college football with an 11.5 yards per attempt. He's thrown more touchdowns than anybody in college football. He has the number one quarterback rating in college football. And here's the thing that's different about him than, than Michael Penix and some of those other guys. Jaden Daniels also has 500 yards rushing and five touchdowns. And again, if you take him off that team – 
they already lose to Florida State. That's a given. They lose to Arkansas. They lose to Ole Miss again. They lose to Missouri. But they lose all they got four losses if you take him off that football team. Because he he cannot he's not just throwing dimes, but he, he like the Missouri game, it's plays he made with his legs. They're yeah. backed up and he takes off and rips off a 30, 40 yard run. You know, and, and, and again, if the Heisman Trophy is supposed to go the most outstanding player, it doesn't say on one of the five best teams. It doesn't say that in the criteria. That's what we've turned it into. If it was truly about who's the most outstanding player right now, I have not seen anybody in the first seven games more outstanding than Jaden Daniels. I just haven't. 321 yards a game passing, and he's ran for over 500 yards. He's got 30 touchdowns in seven games or eight games. That guy's been amazing, but he's not considered the leading contender because of the team he plays on. Yeah, that's the reality of it. It's gonna, it's, it's. You that's know, what it's, it's all about. It's the, it's the best player right. on the. And best I love team. Michael Penix. I do. I love Michael Penix, but Michael Penix is not as right now as dynamic as Jane Daniels. He just is on a better team, and his numbers are good enough to get him Heisman Trophy consideration. Mm-hmm. But Jane Daniels to me is. A, to. We got people down here trying to start some stuff. Look at Corey Flynn. <laughs> Corey trying to start some stuff. Hey, I love it, Corey. I, I mean, love I'm it. just saying. Yeah, I love it. I love it. But yeah, I mean, Jaden Daniels would be in the conversation for me, certainly. Um, you know, like I, I hear a lot of people now saying that the kid at Michigan is the leading contender based on what? Yeah, what has he done? Based on what? I mean, like he's had zero games where there's any pressure on him. Right. Oh, he's completing 78% of his passes against who? Yeah, exactly. In practice. Okay. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, this is the same kid who threw three interceptions against Bowling Green. Right. You know, like, oh, he ripped up Michigan State. Okay, great. He threw okay. 287 yards against Michigan State. Wonderful. Michigan State did you guys terrible. Did you guys see what Michael what uh, Michael Penix did to Michigan State? Right. You know, the 473 that he passed for that game. You know, like. And that was back uh, when know, they still had a head coach. And I'm not trying to bang on the kid, but it's like. He's had passing yards of 280, 278, 143, 214, 156, 219, 222, and 287. And he's rushed for only 168 yards and three touchdowns all year. Like, with all due respect, you put you put J.J. McCarthy at LSU, and they've got one more loss. You put Jaden Daniels at, at Michigan, and they're even better than they are now. So, uh, you know. Now, will J.J. McCarthy get his chance to to – to to earn that, yes, he will. Yeah, yeah. If he goes out there and rips up Penn State and Ohio State, the kid deserves to be in the conversation because there's no like clear guy in my. There's opinion. no clear leader right now. Right. I agree. And the other thing with Jaden Daniels that that I like is when you look at the the fact that they've lost two games, they didn't lose those games because of him, in my opinion. He threw for three forty six against Florida State, made plays with his legs. He made that one dumb turnover, which hurt him. But then in the Ole Miss game, the kid threw for 414 yards and four touchdowns and ran for 99 yards and another touchdown, and they scored 49 points. They didn't lose that game because of Jaden Daniels. If it wasn't for Jaden Daniels, they'd lost by three touchdowns in right. that game. So that's that'd be true. my number one guy right now. Yeah, that would that would be that'd be mine. And everybody's got their mulligan. You know, somebody talking about how Michael Penix wasn't good against Arizona State. He wasn't. He wasn't. You know, but everybody's got their moments. You know, I mean, I I, I didn't think. I didn't think Jaden Daniels was like great throwing the ball against Missouri, but he made some just tough, gritty runs. You know, I mean, 
everybody's got their games. He had some really boneheaded plays against Florida State. Everybody's got their moments, right? But just consistently putting a team on his shoulders and doing all that. Andrew Andrew Gilmore just nailed it. He can't play defense. You can't fault him. They're zero and two. Yeah. They're 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 six and two because their defense sucks. Right. They gave up fifty five and forty five points in the games that they lost. That's not on him. You know, um, so he would be my number one guy right now. And then now where he could jump up number one is if he rips up Bama, which is possible. Because he'll he'll have Bama, he's got Bama and probably Georgia coming up. So he'll have his chance yeah. to get there. So this next month is where we're going to see who the real contenders are for the Heisman Trophy. Good question. And, and Marvin Harrison will get that chance too. I just think yeah. a receiver's just got to put up such absurd numbers. Right, right, like, right, like right. Like Devontae Smith and and – as good as Marvin's been, he just because of the nature of their offense and the new quarterback and all that, he hasn't put up those kind of numbers to me. I mean, Devontae Smith, if you really think of like his numbers in twenty in, in the year he won the Heisman, he had eighteen hundred and fifty six yards. The next closest person in college football was at eleven ninety three. Now again, that was weird because you had you know some teams had eight games, seven games, and all that, yeah. but like one hundred and seventeen. For 856. I mean, if you look at Marvin Harrison right now, he's not even he's averaging 109 yards per game. So if you were to if you were to put that out over the course of 109.4 times 13 games, which is the number Devontae Smith had that year, he's at 1422 yards. That's still over 400 away from Devontae Smith. And Marvin Harrison this year is averaging less than one touchdown per game. Devontae Smith in 2020 had 23 touchdowns in 13 games. Like that's the only reason he wanted as a wide receiver is because he put up stupid numbers and Mac Jones wasn't a sexy player that that's why he got it. So fair or not, I'm just speaking reality. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying like for Marvin Harrison to be in the Heisman trophy can like truly in the Heisman conversation, he needs to put up some, video game numbers the next few weeks yeah. until they play Michigan and they need to rip up Michigan. Then he'll get in it. Now I'm not saying he shouldn't be in it. I'm just saying that's the reality of what a receiver needs to do to, to be in the conversation for me. Josh Buffo is the Dabo Sweeney Clemson run officially over what college football coaches seat is the hottest right now. That's no, not over. It could be soon. If they run the table rest of the year, beat NC State, beat Notre Dame, go nine and three, win a bowl game, go ten and three. He's got a couple good recruiting classes in a row, and the next year they bounce back and they're good again. No, it's not over. If Notre Dame beats them, and especially if Notre Dame beats them convincingly in a couple weeks, then I think that's the nail in the coffin. I think I think if he can't get them up for that game and they just get whipped, it's just gonna be yeah, you're gonna see the recruiting class fall apart and you're just gonna see Dabo can't survive in this era. He doesn't know how to build a roster in this era of college football. That's what it would yeah. mean to me. And he's made some very questionable personnel decisions. And even when he's made good hires, like I think Garrett Riley was a good hire. You then make him run your Clemson offense. Why? 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 It's like going out and getting a, a transfer portal quarterback that ran a certain offense and then saying, well, we're going to ask you to run a completely different offense here. Why? Why bring him in? If that's what you're going to do. So, uh, yeah, I, um, it's not over yet, but I think it will be by the season's end. And Vince, we've been talking about this on this show since the 2020 season was over. I, we talked about it, you and I, before anybody else is even on this, this with us, I said, and you, you and I both said, 
that Trevor and Travis Etienne masked a lot of warts on that oh, program yeah. by 2020. Like 2018 was their last great team. 2019, their defense was pretty good, but it was more about Trevor and the great receivers and Travis Etienne. In 2020, it was just Trevor and Travis. That was it. I mean, it was just they their defense was terrible that year. I mean, Notre Dame ripped them up. I mean, they just they were not a good team that year. They just had a great quarterback and a great running back. At that and some good receivers, but nothing special. I mean, Cornell Powell and Amard Rogers. They it wasn't the same as like, you know, and and you saw it when they played Notre Dame because Notre Dame was clearly the better team when they played in in November. Clearly sure. the better team, and oh, Notre yeah. Dame let them back in that game. Mm-hmm. But then Clemson was clearly the better team when Trevor played a couple weeks later. He makes a big because difference. of Trevor. Yeah, right. And and so he masked a lot of holes that have been exposed, and now they're just they're descending. Last year was a bit of a bounce back, and now they're descending. So, but if they beat Notre Dame in a couple weeks, they're back on track. You know, to, to where they're they're not over yet. They got to do better, right. but they're not over yet. Right. Does that mean they don't have a generational quarterback, Brian? No, they do not. They did a couple years ago. Yes, right. They, they had back to back generational quarterbacks, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> That's sarcasm for those. I, I, who are, I, I, I would say that I would. I do believe Trevor Lawrence was a bit of a generational quarterback. Yes. I do. I agree. Hulk Stronglist, why do they continue to use Bethello, Bethelho, uh, just to see just to set the edge and not let him go after the quarterback? I don't know that I would agree with that the last few weeks. I think they have let him get after the quarterback. I just don't think yeah. he's winning. Yeah, I don't think he's winning on the edge. That's my issue. I think, yeah. you know, and I, I hesitate to use the word disappointment, but he has not lived up to what I thought he was going to be able to do this year. Now, again, what does that mean? That that just means he's not getting after the quarterback like I thought he was going to be able to. And I don't think it's a scheme thing. I just think he's not winning at the line of scrimmage as much as I thought that he would. Uh, and mm-hmm. But the, also, I will say this. I think that's why you've seen more Josh Burnham. You've seen a little bit more of Tui Alamaka. Like, you've seen these guys come in a little bit more often than they were at the beginning of the year because I think that gap is closing significantly you know, between those three guys. So, yeah, I, yeah, that's what I think. Mark Avalone, what are your feelings on ESPN showing high school games? Positives and negatives? I don't really have any negatives. I think it's good. I yeah. mean, it's it's good exposure. It's good for the programs. It's good for the kids. I mean, yeah, everybody be tuning in to watch so-and-so player, but, you know, if I'm a Division One AA coach, I'm still watching those to see if some other kid jumps out that maybe not isn't that big-time play. Man, hey, this quarterback's Pretty good player. He's probably just 5'11, 185. He can't play the division one level, but he could be a stud for me. Let me yeah, give that kid exactly. a call, you know, and it's, 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 I got no problem with it. I, I enjoy it. And what else are we going to watch on a Friday night? You know, so I, 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 I rather enjoy it. I, my only thing is I would like to see them do a little bit more mixing up of, I just kind of feel like it's the same regions, you know, tends to be. And, and I'd like to see more. You know, let's go get that really cool matchup between those two really good teams in Ohio that aren't necessarily the names where all the Division One kids are. That it's just like, I don't know. I just like to see more stuff like that, maybe a little bit, as opposed to just like, okay, what's the great matchup of the two Southern teams, the two Texas teams, or the two California teams? You know, uh, I'd like to see some a little bit more of that. But I mean, I my only negative would be I'd want to just mix up the matchups a little bit more. Um, but. Uh, uh, overall, I'm you know I'm, I'm I think it's a positive. Like, let's get a a good Indiana, couple Indiana schools 
the best, you know, or the two top programs in, you know, Michigan or something. I mean, when, when was the last time we saw a Michigan team on on there? You know, maybe just mix up some of that stuff every now sure. and then. Would be nice. Ant VR, what happened with Easton Ware? Did Notre Dame pass on him or did he pass on Notre Dame? He never he never liked Notre Dame like that. He, he was always going to go to Clemson from what I'm told. Like he liked Notre Dame to a degree, but I mean, they tried to get movement with him and it never went anywhere. I mean, he was he was all about Clemson for a while. And that's, we'll see if that sticks, but that's just kind of what he wanted. So, Chief Brody, thoughts on, I think is official, Clemson game going to be either noon or 3.30. I'm happy. I love I'm it for thrilled. my sleep schedule, man. I, yeah. It takes, that's just, I, look, it, 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 it takes a little while to recoup. For me, yeah. after those late nights, I mean, the most recent one was USC. I think I got to bed around three yeah. thirty, and you know, it well, takes I mean, a you few took days. a couple little mini naps during the show. I was that last hour, dude. I was struggling. I'm not gonna lie, but it, it messes with your sleep cycle. It messes with you for the next few days. Like it takes a little while to combat that, and then when you had four in a row, it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but enough. again, I am not complaining because I do love doing the post game shows. My favorite shows to do. But, uh, yeah, I'm okay with an afternoon game. Let's just put it that way, for sure. Yeah. Agree. I think it's good for Notre Dame, too. It helps with the travel schedule. Oh, yeah. It just yeah. means they don't get back as late. They can get a better night's sleep. You know, game's for over. Sure. Let's say it's a 3.30 game. Game's over by 7. They're on the plane by 9. They're landing at 11. They're at home yeah. in their beds by midnight. As That's opposed to man. they're coming out of the locker room at midnight to even get their dinner and head to the bus. Yeah. You know, and it's a it's a tough it's a tough Getting deal. And then you say, well, four in the morning to stay overnight. Okay, well now your whole Sunday's jacked up because now you're sleeping in the hotel, you're getting up early Sunday, you're flying out, and you're still you're still jacking up your schedule. So, right, I uh, and the team doesn't stay overnight like that. That's not a thing. They, they have come back. they have like they did for the Navy game because that was a that unique was, situation. Yeah, but like that's a, it's, it's harder yeah. to justify that. Right. Yeah. You got to get home. You got to do treatment. You're going to have injured yeah. players that you need to get back. And you and the treatment part is the key one, Brian, because you don't want to be on a plane the next day when you should be getting treatment at your own place. Like that's yeah. they need to get back, which I totally understand. Uh, and it's just rough. Like my dad, my, my dad, my father in law used to travel with the team and he they would get back three, four in the morning for some of those night games. And especially, you know, if those night games are in California or, you know, all the way down in Florida, like. Those are long plane rides back, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. they're getting back in the wee, wee hours of the night or morning, mm-hmm. excuse me. And it, again, it wears on the external personnel, and, and, but it also wears on the players. And rest is very important for anyone, yes. but especially athletes. Yes. And they're going four weeks in a row where they're just not getting that kind of rest. Right. And um, right, it can have an impact. Josh Buffo, is there anything that could happen this season to flip Scott or Beasley, or have those ships sailed for good? I think the only thing that could happen is the coaching staff's leave. That's They're not leaving I think, those, State. I think those ships are ships have sailed, in my opinion. I also think I don't know that Notre Dame is necessarily pushing as hard for Caleb Beasley now because of how well they're doing in the 25 classic corner. I think that factors in it as well. Sure, it's like okay, makes sense. Yeah, we can maybe flip him, but man, we got some. Let's focus our energy on some of these twenty-five kids that that really like Notre Dame a lot. Cam Old, uh, thoughts on the New Year's Six bowl game called the Shoulda Coulda Woulda versus Ohio State Bowl. Notre Dame versus 
Penn State think that would be a great game. Well, I don't I think don't that'd think be a great game. I think Notre Dame dominates Penn State. I yeah. I don't know. And if they don't, don't, it's because it's 21 to 17 and it's yeah. an ugly game. Right. I mean, it, yeah. there's a lot of factors that go into a bowl game, guys, and I I just you know, who's playing, who's not, you know, all of those different things, but I just think Notre Dame matches up very very well against Penn State. Yeah.